0: Hi, John Jamigliano here, and I'd like to welcome you back to our Catching Up on Capitol Hill podcast series, a series in which we discuss the latest in tax legislation and in tax policy. Well, this is the day you've been waiting for. Why do I say that? Because easily our most requested topic has been to discuss the Biden tax plan. And today we're going to begin to tackle that topic. Now, before we jump in, let's just level set on what are the daunting aspects of doing this. And here it is. Biden doesn't have a tax plan. You don't believe me? Go ahead, pause this podcast, go ahead, open up your favorite browser, do a search, and then come back here. Go ahead, we'll wait. Okay, we're not actually going to wait. But if you did go through that exercise, you found that a Biden tax plan does not exist, at least not in the formal or the traditional sense anyway. You probably found articles talking about a plan, and you found that most of them probably cite to a Bloomberg article outlining what that writer claims to have seen in the plan. But that's all a few degrees removed from an original source document. So that makes it challenging to write or even talk about the Biden plan. But having said that, I think that we've talked to enough people close enough to the campaign to know that what is being reported about the Biden plan is at least directionally correct, even if so many of the key details are lacking. So today, before we get into any of the real specifics of the Biden plan, our topic is a little more or a little less technical and maybe a little more practical, which is really a- asking this question. Are we even ever going to see a plan? And if so, when would we see it? And if we're not going to see it, well, why not? To explore this topic, I'm joined by two of my colleagues, Tom Stout, the director on the legislative team here in Washington National Tax, and Jen Acuna, a principal on the team. All right, Tom, let me start with you. Let's just get right to the question. Should we expect to see a formal Biden tax plan?
1: Well, John, the short answer is no. And the reason for it's simple. The, the tax plan that Biden may have in his head uh, is involves tax increases. And um, the last time I remember a, a presidential candidate talking about tax increases during a campaign was in 1984. A guy named Walter Mondale uh, in his debate with Ronald Reagan said, uh, let's tell the truth. Uh, Mr. Reagan will raise taxes and so will I. He won't tell you and I just did. And we know what happened to Walter Mondale back in 1984 running on tax increases is not something that an experienced uh, knowledgeable politician is going to do and therefore i don't expect biden to do it
0: you don't think that uh, he could make the case let's just talk about the tcja for a moment and say you know i fundamentally disagree with so many pieces of the trump tax plan that i i will undo them and we'll, you know we'll, we'll figure out how to spend that money in a, a different fairer way i mean Elizabeth Warren more or less did that, which, as I think about it, I guess answers my question in terms of how that typically works out, right? Ouch.
1: Yeah, I would say that uh, I think the key word that you just used, John, was fair, and I think we'll hear what we'll hear in, instead of a detailed tax plan is is talk about fairness, you know, sort of the central theme. That I think we're going to see from from the Democratic side in the in the campaign is going to be about wealth disparity. And, you know, that's going to you know, ultimately devolve into, into issues about capital taxation that we'll talk about in more detail when we talk about what Biden may have in mind. But until then, I think talking about wealth disparity and, and fairer taxes is probably the, the extent of what we're going to see. And I think some evidence of that is in these task forces that Biden set up with, with Bernie Sanders crowd that, uh, that reported back last week. And you'll be hard pressed to find much much mention of tax in there, even in trying to make deals with the Sanders side of the party. So I think that's, that's more evidence of what we're likely to see, which is very little going forward beyond that fairness point.
0: So, Jen, let me come to you then. So I mentioned Elizabeth Warren. I mean, Elizabeth Warren had a very detailed tax plan, very thoughtful in many ways. Look, you could disagree with pieces of it. That's fine. But you couldn't argue that it hadn't been you know, well thought out, that it didn't have lots of detail. It wasn't very, you know, that it was very clear and very transparent about what she intended to do with the wealth tax and, the, you know, her real corporate profits tax and all the other pieces in there. But in the end, I, I think that people perceived it as potentially a liability. So you do, do you agree that Biden coming out with a tax plan, one that clearly would raise taxes on individuals and corporations, it, to have that in more detail would be a political liability potentially?
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, the one thing about the Warren plan was, it was great to talk about, but, you know, the more detailed you are in your plans, especially campaign plans, the more clear the bullseye becomes, right? It makes it a lot easier to attack if you're on the opposing end. So, I mean, it's, it's never a good idea. It's always a terrible idea, especially when you're talking about increasing taxes, because you're just giving folks, you know, ammo. To to attack the position, so it's always a lot better. I mean, I think that Biden is taking the safe route by just kind of outlining um, ideas, thinking about rates, but nothing concrete, nothing solid like that, like the Warren plan. I mean, the Warren plan was really carefully thought out, right? Just like you said, John. No one would accuse that that proposal of being, you know, hastily put together. But I mean, you know, because of that, because it was so detailed, it gave a lot of folks including the other other, the other campaign folks, a lot of pressure to, first of all, not pre- not present a whole lot of detail, and second of all, to attack it, right? Look, look at what this person is going to do. Look at the detail. I mean, it even had, like, you know, estimated revenue. That's kind of unheard of, right? I mean, it was pretty pretty on point.
0: So that, where does that leave, you know, the millions of American voters that are one-issue voters, which is, you know, candidates tax plans. You know, what what uh, what will this candidate do with the international tax system? Are you trying to tell me those people don't exist? Okay.
2: Of course <laughs> they? they don't of exist. Of course they exist. <laughs> on this podcast are one of voters, right?
1: Yes. That's let's so kidding. true.
0: Thanks for reminding me. You know, sometimes I have to be reminded tax maybe doesn't rule the world quite as much as we'd like to think. Okay, so let's just Ask a question this way, Jen. Let's we'll start with you. Let's imagine Biden never produces a plan beyond what we've seen, and he still wins. What does that mean? What does that tell future candidates about the importance of producing a tax plan? Anything?
2: Yeah, it tells you uh, don't bother, don't spend a lot of resources on putting together a deep analysis on tax. Although the one thing I will note that is a little bit contrary: individual tax increases pull terribly. But corporate tax increases, which is what Biden has focused on, pull quite well at home. So, you know, there's a little, a little kind of monkey wrench thrown in there. It's okay if you want to talk about increasing corporate taxes, but, you know, leave individuals off the table unless it's a cut.
0: I hear your Your point, and I, you know, I, for, I, for me, and I guess for us that are living in the tax world, it'd be unfortunate if we stop seeing. We just simply this became a relic of the past tax plans. But I guess it's plausible if you realize, if you ask yourself, is there really any advantage of doing it? I mean, that's ultimately the question. So, Tom, let me ask you a question. Let I me. Mean, You know, let's flip it around from the Trump campaign point of view. If Biden doesn't have a plan beyond what we've seen, does that make it harder for Trump to push the tax narrative or easier? And remember, you know, he will clearly point to the TCJA as one of his great legislative accomplishments. If there's nothing on the other side to compare it to in terms of a Biden plan, does that make it harder for Trump to push the narrative or does it make it easier by just saying, well, my candidate, you know, my, my opponent doesn't even have a plan?
1: Well, I think it makes it harder, but you know, I I think what you usually see in campaigns is, is that uh, if if a candidate doesn't put forward a plan, the other side will will invent one for him and run against it. And you know, I I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, Trump start talking about major tax increases that are going to be proposed, are going to be done by by Biden should he be elected. And that's the, that's the usual scenario.
0: Well, as we sit here and lament you know, this, the 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 potentially the loss of a tax plan. Look, we may get one. Let's not rule out that possibility. We'll get, we could get more detail from Biden, but let's just ask, you know, what does history tell us? Tom, let me ask you this. What does history tell us about, you know, presidential candidates' tax plans? How much do they really matter in either the the campaign itself or ultimately in driving, um, you know, outcomes once that candidate becomes elected?
1: Well, I think tax cuts can, if they're if they're credible, advance a candidate's case a bit. I think tax reform, sort of revenue-neutral ideas of tax reform, we found, certainly found out the 86 Act provide virtually no boost at all. Uh, I think that there were no, there was no group more shocked after the 86 Act passed than the, than the Reagan White House people, who saw no bump at all for Reagan in it. And tax increases are just just generally, uh, you know, a negative, you know, with possible exception, as Jen says, you know, the one thing that Biden does talk about that we'll get into in more detail is is a corporate rate increase, which does, you know, generally sort of have broad support, mostly because people view it as a tax on somebody else, which is, you know, the only thing that's okay. So if you can tax somebody else, you know, that's all right. So I think, you know, to the extent we see much out of Biden, it's it's only going to be to the extent that the, the you know the sort of the Warren Sanders wing of the party pushes him to say something, uh, and he will be as unspecific and continue to be as vague as possible, uh, you know, right up to the end.
0: I mean, it's a fair point that you made that tax cuts maybe do have more political capital than than tax increases or even neutrality. And I don't think of the George W. Bush campaign of two thousand. I do think taxes became an important issue for him that he campaigned on, and I think they were helpful to him. I remember having long discussions about, you know, do we is it fair to double tax you know, corporate, the income earned by corporations and all that sort of thing, which was, was hard to believe we were having that conversation in the midst of a campaign. And ultimately, those cuts came to fruition in EGTRA and JEGTRA in, in some form, maybe not exactly as he campaigned upon, but I think the momentum was started in his campaign. Now, Jen, let me turn to a different candidate. Let's talk about the Trump tax plan of 2016. Trump had a plan. You were heavily involved in drafting the TCJA when during your time at the Senate Finance Committee. How influential was the president you or know, candidate Trump's plan in your development of what ultimately became the TCJA?
2: In the actual b panels um, Not very, right? Because it was a campaign tax plan. It was on one sheet of paper. And, you know, the TCGA was very, very long, right? Any tax bill is more than one sheet of paper. So, I mean, the real guiding principle that came out of that was a corporate rate reduction. So to the extent that there was some, you know, push, it was that reduction in the corporate rate. We didn't hit 15% because that's what was originally suggested in the campaign literature. But, you know, we knew that there was a desire to have a significant cut. So to that extent, somewhat, but, Definitely not in the details. I mean, it was just, you know, they just serve different purposes, right? A camp, a one pager in a campaign, and an actual legislative proposal are two completely different animals.
0: Trump, if I recall, had or initially a plan that looked ended up, you know, looked very little what the like what the TCJ ultimately became, right? It was a lower rate, but it was a version of worldwide taxation and a bunch of other things, and then he evolved closer to the House of Representatives blueprint right? over over time, fair enough to say that one constant in all that was a lower corporate rate, which is of course what we ultimately got in the TCJA.
2: That's right. I mean, the number kept moving, but we knew that a rate had to be done.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, look, that's all we have time for today. As I said, this is the beginning of the discussion about the Biden tax plan, such as it is. Mm In the next episode, we will begin to outline at least the highlights of what we know about Joe Biden's tax priorities and try and break them down in a little bit more detail. Until then, thanks for tuning in this week, and we'll talk to you next time.